0: Welcome to Tier Report, the podcast that gives you a fan's voice on all things going on with A Sharks and the Barracuda. As always, everything said in this podcast is 100% my own personal opinions and is not affiliated with either team or the respective leagues. And now it's time for a brand new edition of Tier Report, the podcast made by a fan for the fans. Well, my dear friends, we have made it. We have arrived at the finale of Tyrrell Port season four. And what a roller coaster it has been. Once again, it's been another extraordinary and I will say challenging (laughs) uh, season. But we have made it and oh my God, it has generally been exhausting because we've literally been just non- stop um you know, making the show uh, going all the way back to um season three back in October twenty twenty. So it's been I think like it's almost it's nearly almost been two years. It's been twenty I had to double check before we've hit the record. It's twenty we have literally made um episodes non stop across these last two seasons season three and season four, 21 months. Wow! Oh my God! It's wow. So we did, as I said, set hopes and I and I aimed to do when we came back in season three after that extended long break because um, of the um season two ending abruptly. I wanted to make sure we came back with was strongly and we got episodes um, made for you guys. We certainly made up for that little break. 21 months we've been literally going non-stop so i don't know about you guys but <laughs> but i am so ready for a break <laughs> i mean i, I don't know i love making this show i love making terrible points one of my favorite shows to do part of my gtx sounds brand i love it so much but uh, every now and again we do need, i do need to have a little breakfast so yeah of course, obviously with how the schedule has gone down for this season, it means that today it kind of just feels like a, like a wind down session. It's almost like a uh, look back on, on on the year as a whole, because obviously all the games are now done, finished, bonito, done, dusted. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, so we get to have some nice stuff, we've got some topical stuff, but... Hello, it's going to be interesting for nice. Okay, so we've got loads um, to, cu- to cover. We've got some fun stuff. We're going to be having some reflection. And we're also going to have some topical stuff with you guys. It's got lots to do. Um, so, I just to so, so cram in. So, go get your... So, yes, yeah, so this is going to be like a, a wind-down show today. So, go grab yourself some snacks, get a brew. Get yourself sorted already. And when we come back, we can get started uh, on the first segment of this this edition of T-Report. Alright, it's now time to go and delve, dive into the stats. For the 2021-22 Saturday Sharks season, it's always an really interesting thing to do on the finale. You always like to compare and see, oh, um, could we done better? Did we do as well as we could have done? Do we want to warm? So, we go. So let's see how it goes this year. Okay, so for your Saturday Sharks, they finished this season with a record of 32-37-13. That's definitely, I think, definitely an improvement compared to, you know, previous seasons, the, the last two seasons, but still not quite enough just yet to get back into playoff uh, mix. Overall, we finished 6th place in the Pacific Division, 12th in the conference standings. That is a big improvement compared to where we were... we obviously not counting last year, because last year we were in a bubble, bubble scenario. Uh, bubble re-alignment, whatever I call it. Uh, but that is a massive improvement compared to where we were... Uh, the last time the Pacific submission was contested we had a dismal campaign and not coming last that's that is definitely that definitely to me shows if we're on the right track. Just not there yet but we are taking slow slow steps, slow steps, slow steps. We're getting there, we are getting there. Okay. So on terms of records home he split that record home and road, um hmm, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Home record is 18 18 5. Road records 14 19 8. So we just managed to do just a bit better on home ice this year. Every day on the road. Goals scored 214 and goals against 264. Yeah, there were a couple of few bad nights there. So that be, but yeah, well, only, that's only a 50, point, 50 goal difference. But um, yeah, still, we need to work, work on. Right, well, I'll continue going through the team stats and then we'll go on to the um, individual uh, statistics. So let's move on to power play and penalty kill percentages. Power play percentage, well, I don't think it'll surprise you that the Sharks are not anywhere near the top five. Um, I will give you the top five in a moment, but let's give you the. Sh- but of course, let's do the Sharks first. So, Salazé was all the way down in. Let me just find it oh god where are we uh. ah so there's the shark's 22nd um on the power play this year yeah with a percentage of nine of 19.0 i'll give you the top so that's nowhere near challenging the top five it's not in the top 20. i will give you the top five uh, teams that in the power the top five teams in terms of the power play this year were The Panthers with 24.4 The Rangers with 25.2 The Oilers with 26.0 The Blues with 27.0 And the Maple Leafs with 27.3 Those are the top five teams in terms of power play percentage All who of course booked pl- their playoff positions as well uh, In terms of the kill, the Sharks were in the top five Three, but I will give you the other two top five positioners. Uh, okay, so your Sharkfish second in terms of penalty per- percentage this year with 85.2, just a couple percent of percentage points off the leaders, which was the Carolina Hurricanes. They finished top with 88.0, and then the other members of the top five were the Penguins with 84.4, the with 84.2, and the Blues with 84.1. So very, very close stand that's there I mean I think we've seen paddy kill is something that a lot of teams are really working towards and those gaps this year just showed it's all team margins and it was just constant slip so yeah so very impressive there as always kill is coming up more about speciality now just we just kind of need to work with the power players as well right so it's a face off with them, essentially the Sharks this year they are uh, oh, outside the top 10 oh, 17 we were seventeen seven teams this year with four With 49.6. Tied with the Chicago Blackhawks, I say, but I think a tiebreaker favours them. The top five returns of the base off wins were the Maple Leafs, top of that top spot with 55.0. Then you got second with the Stars with 54.8. Again, these are close margins. Bruinsburg with 54.2. And the Hurricanes, 53.9. the Kings are at that top five with Two, just one point point one percent off. Philadelphia, who came in sixth. Shots against per games. Uh, let's have a look at that. lats Ooh, good one for the cracker here. Then the two girls for them in the moment. Moments something for them to celebrate of this difficult first year campaign. Shots were 18 with 32 at zero you're looking obviously for the fewest in each here so the caracades were top with 28.2 the king's second point five the bruins again close margins by the way all the oh, way, wait bruceberg 8.7 the newbies the kraken fourth with 28.9 then the flames only one the top but did not get 28 point something the place got 29.0 as did the capitals but the time of calgary And I think that's the last team stats. Uh, yeah, because it goes like, it goes to wins, losses, gate, losses, uh, points, and all that. But we really, really know about. Um, do we want to do points percentage? We could do points percentage. I mean, percentage. I mean, this is something we normally take out like of the AHL, but AHL. Uh, but let's have a look at points percentage anyway. Uh, tell you what, I'll give you the top sixteen teams um that fish has a point percentage so we had to use points percentage these would be the 16 teams that would have qualified um instead um so pampers first with 0.744 Then you got the Avalanche with 0.726 hurricanes 0.707 maple Leafs 0.701 wild 0.689 Flames, 0.677, Rangers, 0.671, Lightning, also 0.671, Blues, 0.665, Bruins are 0.652, Oilers, 0.634, Penguins, 0.628, Capitals, 0.610, Kings, 0.604, Stars, 0.598, Then sixteen was the predators. 0.5 uh 591. So interestingly, I don't think we a non-player team would have got would have snuck in if we did point percentage. Your sharks actually ended up coming twenty-second with 0.470. Those are the last, last team stats. Now let's look at our individual stats now. We're gonna look at the players that have done well. For your sharks this year in terms of point percentage, so the leading goal scorer for Saturday this year was Tino Meyer with thirty-five goals. That's going to be one of his best, I think. We've had quite a few shots in the match against that thirty-goal mark, which is absolutely amazing to see. It shows the progression that we are making despite not being a playoff team yes yeah But amazing work from that. It's got to be a record for him. you're leading point assists with forty-four this year was Brent Burns. Your leading all points scorer, say, with 76 was Timo Meyer. So there you go. Pairs of minutes. Now, this is the one I always look at and think do you want to have this this accolade or not? Depends how you feel about going to the box. Well, with 114 pairs of minutes, the lead, your team leader for that this year was Jeffrey Beal. Plus minus goes to Sasha Cholesky with plus two wins in terms of net miles now it's so that's between a lot of people this year but that goes to james Rymer with 19 while the goals against average actually goes to aiden hill with 2.66 so the tandem there is interesting how this tandem worked work, worked out given how it started so well then the injuries came in so those are good stats for what was what has been a first year tandem and Give it more time, if these two stay in, in Teal, give them more time, it'll grow and could be forced to back with. There's one more little statistic I want to give to you guys. It's something that I've been over the last couple of few weeks looking at, and that is regular season series wins. This is how, this is looking at how many of the, of the 31 opponents will be able to beat in the regular season series. Um, now last year in the um, west division we only got one regular season series win that was against the la kings although i think in that that vision last year we could have got half of them taken down we could have won the series against the ducks we could have won the series against the coyotes we could have won the series against the blues and also against the wild it really last year. the only we could really have gotten a scratch up we probably probably Colorado and vegas but everyone else we easily could have taken down and yet it's only been was only one to record in our favour, probably not too good. So so I've been looking at the last couple of weeks and it's quite an interesting because we have definitely improved. Um, World War Two that I think we could add to this number, like number because there were a couple of split, splits that we could have got. Was the Toronto series ended up being a split. Um, the the Montreal series ended up being a split. Uh, the Carolina series ended up being a split. Those were ones where we got big wins early in the year. Just couldn't follow it up on the return leg. Oh boy, there have been great ones to add to the tally. But what I've done is I've looked it up. I've looked up who we got the best of this year. And interestingly, only two of them were playoff teams. The rest are all teams that failed to clinch a playoff berth. But I was waiting for them real quickly. So, we won the season series against the Coyotes. We won our season series against the Sabres. We won our season series against the Flames. That's a big one. That is a big one there. Given how we hadn't seen Calgary for quite some time, they were my sort of tip to do well in, in the division, and they have done well in the division. Um, we'll obviously have to see if that can translate into the postseason. Um, but some of the matches against Calgary this year have been some sort of the best because we've had to really come behind. And they, as Barry has put it, they were big statement wins, and it was just so amazing to get that to his the players. And let's let's face it, who can say they've managed to get a regular series victory over the country players this year? Who? I mean, I'm glad to say that RT is definitely one of them. Let's see, we also got the best of. We also got the, We also won a regular series over the Blackhawks, <sighs> despite that controversial win they got in, in in Illinois. We won our series against the Kings again. LA may have turned the corner and become a postseason team, but we did manage to get the best of them. Alright, oh, we've been nice if we got the series sweep, but hey, we'll take, we'll take it, we'll take it, we'll take it. Because you know, as a town, we like to always beat LA. <laughs> we also got a regular season series with the Islanders. They're a team that we've come in splitting them the series. We were able to win one, but not the other. So it's really cool, course, this year to get our first win in UBS. In our first visit that was just so important um i think it's a lovely place so yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing more sharks and there's matchups in brit Bridge- belmont in the future we got a magazine series to victory over the slaters they've been a bit of a tricky team in the last couple of years of the sharks um you wouldn't think that but they have been uh so it was great to get that under our belts. Us, particularly how that f- that first match in ottawa that kind of felt like a stanley Cup. Final match. It really did. Both teams were just literally winning, it. Just not letting it slip and just, that was really one. We got the regular series series which we are the third Flyers. We had quite a few scrapes there. And the best one, I've saved, we've saved to last, the Winnipeg Jets. We got the them. They did not like playing us. They did what that We really got into their head and I mean that was just great that's what i see the, the sharks do get inside the person's head because they'll then you know they'll sort of scuffle they don't make mistakes and they'll be able to capitalize them so all in all that is a big improvement compared to what we were uh this time last year so let me just quickly count it up how many that is so we've got, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, no, we've got nine, so that's nine teams We got the best stop in the regular season series this year. It could have been more. It could have been at least twelve, but unfortunately the series against Toronto was a split. The series against Montreal was a split. The series against Carolina was a split. I think I might be one two more as well, but oh, was, yeah. But, anyway, but that's a big improvement compared to where we work this last year. So yes, yeah, so I nearly forgot Kizux, it's been something I've been working on. And uh which you keep an eye on. So, there you go. So, that is how we have done this year in terms of regular season series. And now I can officially conclude that as the end of the stats for 21 22. <sighs> okay. Deep breath, folks. Here we go again. If you remember last this time of last year, we had a little segment on the finale, pretty much letting rip on every single problem we had during the 2021. 20, 20, That's still a mouthful full season, and unfortunately. This segment is back once again to rear its ugly head. But with a vengeance. Oh yes, with a vengeance because this year got per- it got personal, my dear friends. It got personal as your very own sharks got thrown into the fray. It's, this still boils my blood. Because I feel that we were used as lab rats. To test out, oh let's see if we can still work out, that's normal, but they won't mind what well, we do, bloody mind. <sighs> oh my god. This, this day could be the day that I end up breaking the cardinal sin in podcasting. We will see, we, we will... We will see. And to be honest, this is the League's own damn fault. Alright, this is their own damn fault for being all. Well, it's 21 22 now. Covid's over! You try, kid. Who are you trying to kid? Covid ain't over. COVID-8 so COVID 8 over. COVID eight over. No way. Especially not in the first half of this of this season. Absolutely not. We were still very much in the mix mix of the whole thing our pandemic. And yet the attitude of the official, of the people of the people in charge of the league was out, like, oh, we intend to run next season season before COVID ever happened. And well time out, time out, time out. Here's some factors as to why this season is, was not going to be like it was before COVID. Number one, we had a brand new team joining us. Number two, we had to go through, well, I don't, I don't really call it a realignment. Um, given that you're just only swapping one team into another division to make it even for all. That's but number two, we had to sort of a realignment. Number three we were in an olympic year but that was also going to create problems even if regardless and ooh, number four here's number four we still had a virus raging and rampaging throughout the scenes causing complete and utter chaos oh yes but oh no they just basically went for no we'll just carrying on as normal like eye! No more COVID la 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 Pour the other one, it's got bells on it. Pour the other one. Literally. Because it's just ugh. because so many COVID restrictions were put were still in place um when it came to capacities. In fact, quite a lot of teams, venues, and we were one of them, had various restrictions put in place. You had to have proof of vaccinations in order to get in. We had, um, obviously capacity was a big factor a lot for of us, um, but yeah. So to start the beginning of the season, a lot of co restrictions that you probably can come to know by now were still pretty much in play. It's just they were ramped up, due to obviously we got further along the line that we had done when we first started. But that didn't mean to say oh well now we're basically pretty much near the end of the line. Because obviously right about this December time we got given as a, as not just in the, in the league but we as a whole on, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, as a planet were given a nice healthy reminder that New Barons can crop up left, right and centre. And we did have that case in December in the form of Omicron B. The Omicron B Barrett. And that is when all the trouble stuck pretty much began. Obviously, there was some stuff that happened uh, beginning of the season, which involved us, but I'll get to in the moment. But I want to get the main stuff out of the way first, because obviously, <sighs> it'd be less rampant. rampant running run um and we basically basically what we got the Chris the period, it was basically what we got last year teams definitely having to be put into shutdown You had boston nashville columbus detroit you know kind of the canadian teams too pretty much all left right and center so calgary vancouver montreal um and I, applaud, I have to applaud the Canadian teams here because all Canadian NHL teams in December, they began to reduce, uh the capacity restrictions due to concerns over obviously this this, this, this variant. So well done to them. And by September 21st, all Canadian teams, apart from Montreal, they got res- restricted to 50% capacity uh, per province public power borders. Uh, with Alberta and Ontario, so that's Calgary and Edmonton, and then obviously Toronto. Also restricting the consumption of food and drinking order to force uh, the base cover Um and Of course, Montreal were the initial exception because they requested that the Canadian's December 16th home game be played behind closed doors, um, um, as the Quebec provincial government formally prohibited spectators at all. Professional sporting events, so the Canadian space was back to uh, back to normal, and then after Boxing Day, so they after Boxing Day, Manitoba government restricted all public gatherings to a maximum of two hundred fifty people. That includes sporting events. And the Jets, therefore, decided, well, naturally, that's not good for us. but go play behind closed doors until further notice. Um, and then we had. Uh basically games in Canada postponed due as a result of attendance restrictions in those areas. And then eventually as we got into the new year, it eventually got back to normal normal. And in fact, um I can go through the current states in Canada. So for the K teams. So for Calgary, since March the 1st it's been back to 100 percent capacity same for edmonton because they're both alberta clubs in montreal it's been um they went back to 100 percent capacity since march the 12th but base coverings is still required in ottoman toronto they like the alberta clubs have gone back to hundred percent capacity since march the 1st in vancouver they got they were kind of the first to get back to capacity, along with Winnipeg. Both these teams got back to 100% capacity in, since February 16. However, in Winnipeg, you also need the proof of vaccination required. So I applaud the Canadian teams for actually taking a step up and go, actually, what the, we, what the hell is the Be- Commission Be- been saying? Look, virus not done. Virus not done. Look, it's rampage dust. So we're going to do these things to ensure that we can still go ahead. And, of course, their course obviously led, led to the point where the league went right well. Can't go to Beijing. And, obviously, as we all know, before Christmas, the league pulled the plug. Now, I'm not going to spend too long on that. Because, obviously, we, we, did, we did that um, as a emergency uh, episode. We should go back to this. So, we brought, so, I'm not going to go into that because we've already done that. So, there's no point in ranting that again because we've already done that. But, basically... What I will say is this. The league rushed into that too quickly. It's rushed into it. They didn't think it through. They should have spent. What they should have done is they should have spent Christmas break thinking it through and then in in the new year come to a decision. And that would be more. Would have been more. uh, Sensible. Because at least that way you would have spent some time thinking it through rather than than just yanking the. Yanking the cord out of out the plug socket. It was like, zoom, like that. And just killing it stone dead. You should have at least... Took some, took some time. Remember, the league, remember guys. The league was in no rush here. About its decision. There was no rush from the IOC. Um, you know, it could have been the week before. Players had to go out to Beijing. And it still could have made decision then. Um, but it was just done rashly And you missed out on a pretty thrilling Olympic tournament. And I will hold you to being present for Milan Cortina in 2026. Right. Now let's go on to the other to um, side. Beginning of the month, we did have some big, big problems. Because... I, right, I think the hard last season, we in San Jose were very lucky not to have had... A major outbreak we did we did have one player player going protocol and that didn't mean we had to uh, but unfortunately it wasn't enough to put us into a shutdown and yes we couldn't begin the sap center for I think at all about mid mid end of february last year but we didn't have a major outbreak unfortunately we did get an outbreak. Yeah, on uh, our get it was it was on our game against the Webhead Jets. I'm gonna bring up the the log. Then I did keep track of all the results just to double check this. To cross de- cross date happens. No, see listening to in, into the future and a couple of years down the line. Uh Yeah. So our game against the Winnipeg Jets On October the 30th That was when we had our first Major COVID outbreak And it lasted For the full two weeks So seven players Including our coach All went into the protocol And they didn't come out Until the full two week process Oh yeah So they went the full two weeks And oh my did this provide us one of our biggest tests? Because this is what, this, and this is what really, really gets my go. If this happened last year, we would have been put into shut into shutdown straight away. No no questions asked. no it, no buts, no it, no buts, no questions. Or not. We would have been put into a shutdown straight away. No. And that is what should have happened. It was, a, it, was, it was a very serious outbreak. It's very serious to lose seven of your players plus your head coach to the virus. And, guys, well, that's a very serious outbreak. We should have been put shut down. And I have full confidence if it did happen last year, that would have happened. But, oh no, we're in 21 22 now, and oh, you know. Have his be over, la di da di da di da. No more virus, sunshine, lolly drops, ma ma mama And we were forced to carry on. What the bloody hell were they thinking? What the actual hell? Did Commissioner Bettman think was going to happen by allowing us to continue playing? Because what if more... Right, let's do some... Right. Let's do some what ifs here. What if that number had grown to, say, eight players? Nine players? Ten players? do We lose the assistant coach? Hmm? Still, still want, still want to carry on. You just still want to carry on playing. Hmm. What? If, what if people in the stands? What if staff? What if staff members got it? Hmm, 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 hmm? hmm? You had a what? You had eighteen an outbreak, and instead of wanting to contain it, the we management was like, "Nope, we're gonna let you play. We're gonna make you play on to see how well." the situation is and see if you can still carry on playing despite an outbreak bad move bad move that's a okay and um what also really makes a blood boil is a couple of weeks afterwards we had your two have about have a major outbreak they had about oh right well well last week it started i think i think it started about six and then it jumped to eight, then eventually it jumped to ten, and by the time it jumped to ten, I was like, Egg! Nope, shut up, put up, shut all down, shut them down, shut the feathers down. Okay, so why could you not have done that, that is our day, when we already had eight people down and out? It just really made my blood boil. Because it did, because this outbreak, it didn't just affect the sharks. It also affected the Barracuda. Now the NHL—they've got enough to deal with it as it is, okay. But now, because obviously players from our side can't can't play, you're in the cup in the Pro goal. You got to do the next thing. When obviously players not be on the NHL level, you got to call up from the NHL, and that had a knock-on effect. And what meant, what it has meant that this season, we have had so many. Players get their first ever taste of extra experience, but not for, but not because oh we've got confidence in them and we want to give them a good, we want to test test the waters. It's because we have been thrown into a situation out of our control, um, and we have to do something because we're being forced to carry on playing. Not good, not good enough. That that that's not good enough. Okay. Because we are very lucky. We're very lucky, as I say We are very, very lucky that our HRL club is only just a couple of miles down the road. Well, they are now. <laughs> they are now. But obviously at, at the time, they were still technically our lodgers. But obviously now, they're now down the road, <laughs> their own bomb. Our babies left home. But no, so we're, we're very, we're, we're very, we're very lucky, as I say, That our HRL team is literally only a couple of, a couple. Of, um couple of box down the road we're very lucky other teams are not so lucky but there are a few teams that actually have quite a massive mile um, difference between them and uh the club uh, so Lewis for example who are now teamed up with Springfield Carolina who are now teamed up with the Chicago warps um been in the main two there might be others but there's, there's two months if even those two oh of course Calgary and Edmonton, they're affiliated with California HL club, Stockton and Bakersfield. What happens if they get, end up having major outbreaks? You expect those 40s to call up their players? No, it would take, it would take too long. They would have to fly out into, to get to the, uh, the expected HL clubs, have to do all the tests that were being, probably have to spend It wouldn't work. Yeah, because ours was down the road, in the same state as us, you expected us to carry on. Not good. She's just. It just boils my blood. Not because it was my team. And I. Okay, I'll make that very clear now. Not. It wasn't because it was my team. It was the fact that health and safety was being put at risk over financial profit. That's the situation and that's the book that is where the the box stop book lies here okay profit was considered but more favorable than health and safety and i'm like commissioner have you not learned anything over these past three seasons have you learned nothing okay right now it's paramount that health and safety gets put above everything else, okay? If you are not following all the correct health and safety procedures, then you're gonna to to be put into, into a situation that we were put in December of 2021. There's no preparation, no preparation, no planning, no preparation, you were very, you were very much happy to just drop everything on top of a hat. We're back to eight, the 18, 19 season days. You would prepare to do all that, despite the fact we were nowhere near over the line yet okay so because if this happens to any other team i would be doing exactly the same thing because my suggestion because my things would be why are you making them play we know we know how easy it is to get this for this virus to be transmitted we know how very easy it is to be transmitted but admit so why are you making this team that's got an outbreak play when they uh, pass it to more players players from other clubs staff members even fans why 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 should you take the risk it was not worth it it really was not worth it But and you and not only did you get us in, but you also got our back theater as well they didn't need to be involved with that but i could have got got enough to do with as it is being a crowded to take the business they didn't need this this from as well that just blow 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 it was stupid reckless and he I think Mr. Dublin has to be very, 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 very lucky, very lucky that this situation, that this situation was contained in Thursday. Very lucky! Because we did begin a, a, a five-game road trip. Yeah, so the first three of those games, we still had to deal with issues. So you allowed to get into, um, into Calgary, Winnipeg, Colorado, and then the other two were mere certain seconds, But I think after Colorado, Colorado was the last one of the, of the, of the COVID outbreak. So we're very, 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 very lucky that for Calgary, Winnipeg, Colorado, we didn't spread it to them because that easily could happen. And then, well, don't blame us. Blame it on Batman. He made he, he made us do it. He made us do it. He made us play. He made, we didn't want to. Play. He made us play. Reckless. Absolutely reckless, and for what? So that Batman can reap his dollars that he's been lo- that he's, that he's lost over the, the pandemic situation. Yeah, well, big deal. Yo, so have lost more than dollars, Batman. And I'm gonna make it worth right my mission to make sure he never forgets that. I'm absolutely blood boiling about it. I really am. And I'm not going to let you forget this. You cannot treat my Sharks as lab rats. Because that's what it felt. That is what it felt. It felt like we were being treated as lab rats. As an experiment to see, oh, you know, oh, if it's, see, oh, if a you got to do his outbreak because it's the time playing. Well, um, you it, with that, with your experiment, I don't think you got much out of it because I could basically, Every team is different. Every team is different. So just because that happened went down in San Jose does not mean you could have, you could have replicated that like in Ottawa. Or say Boston Or in Columbus Or even Calgary You couldn't, you could have, that's not a form that you could have replicated. Nope. No. No. Absolutely not, no, 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 my blood, even now, when after the season uh, is over, I'm about to get ready to begin 2023, my blood is still boiling from it all, and it will be for quite a time, That I am not going to forget this, I will not forget this, don't you worry, I will not forget this, I'm going to make sure he does not remember forgetting it either. Right, oh, oh, that was a bit, that was a bit bad, something to mention in it, right, oil up. I want this to be the last time we have to bring up Covid in danger because we've seen throughout these past three seasons we can't we can't we just can't handle it we just can't seem to find a way to handle it so pray to god that we come back for 2023. 23 we kick off season five pray to god it's back to how we started this, this show by five seasons ago, which will be when we get to season five. us let's, let's go back to it. and it's hopefully pray to God that we will be back to eighteen nineteen times if we can do it. And we have to bring this ever again. Cause I do not when we get to the season five and I this time next year, I do not want to have to do another segment where I'm ranting about the about the mishandlings of become incompetent So it's ownership. Who can't even think about a lemonade stand? Let alone one of the biggest leagues in the whole. Oh, not Oh, North America, the whole bloody world. Okay, so we've had a little rant, but I want to just take a pause for a moment and actually discuss the legitimacy of the season. Is there a legitimacy to it? I think you could question that for definite, um, <clears throat> given everything that's been, um, that's been going on. Um, if you could ask me, do I think we've had a legitimate season, I would probably say no. No, I don't think it has been legitimate. There's been far too many disruptions with the virus, um, more than we probably anticipated. And the fact that, you know, obviously, we ended up having like a massive disruption over the Christmas period, thanks to Omicron, uh, Omicron B variant. Um, as the league just did not have that properly um had to be shut down so many games needed to be rescheduled and that a headache that provider was just, just dreadful um, also, if if we are, if we lived in a world where there was no Omicron variant then we would have had the league commit to the Olympics that would have been a surefire thing that would have been a surefire thing and um, that would have also created its own uh, legitimacy problems because you would have to go on, on a pause, you'd have to pause the league while players go to the Olympics You wouldn't have been able to do All-Star Weekend You probably wouldn't be able to have done the Stadium Series um, And that would have also created its own log- logistical issues because you would have had to have rescheduled um, all the games and towards the end of the season of course playoffs um, haven't started as they normally would normally of course we know by now they would start at um, the beginning of April they haven't they started beginning of May and um, I definitely can't see them ending until probably the week before uh, the uh, draft in July so the draft is currently what? draft is going to, to the 7th of July um, we look to be so it happens in Montreal at this rate Um. Yes, the July, of July. I can't see that the uh, Stanley Cup be awarded until the week before that. So that all's good. With logistics and the fact that for a lot of teams this year they weren't able to how have games as they normally were. You know, the way it would have full capacity. Um, due to various code restrictions, obviously every state and every or every uh, county or providence is different, has its own set of rules to people to put in place. Um so quite a lot of teams and we wore them, um about to deal with some more uh, restrictions, which has meant that we haven't had to have capacity as we normally would. Um when things got rough during the Christmas period the our um, teams all kind of went back to the dark ages of last season. Um whether it was either little or zero capacity, uh, full stop. It's just, it's just, oh, it's just been, oh, when you, when, you look, when you look back on it, it has just been one big mess. And this is yet the third act of what has become a three-act saga. You had Act 1 in the 1920 season, when of course, this whole started and we were all disrupted, not knowing what to do. Yeah, Act Two, which was last year, which was we were trying to get, trying to get things back on track, and then this year, Act Three, when we're supposed to be back on track, it just goes downhill even further because nobody prepa- was prepared to, to think actually, oh, actually, um, this virus is still not quite that done with us yet, and there's still a lot more that could go wrong. Nobody thought thought that through nobody thought that through and in the end well you, you, you don't need me to tell you in the end because we all pretty much just lived through it and I think that we'd all rather like to forget about it that's that little bit more but at the end of the day for me I just, when well, I look back on the season, I just don't see it as being a legitimate season. There was just too much that just went wrong and really... it feels like that could be blamed for the like, called Commissioner and his cronies. Mm. They just fought it for a bit more about, you know, the logistics. You know, what happens if new barons crop up, you know. Are there restrictions that would still be put in place? They just didn't think it they just did not think it through whatsoever. Never. And the next result is what we see it for our eyes. We've still, we've had several teams had to go into shutdowns. We had teams having to be forced to be played when they had outbreaks, when they shouldn't have had to play. Um, it's just been oh this is just been one glorified gr- mess and i don't think we'll be look back on the season we're gonna look back on it too fondly because it's just still been ravaged by covid and bad 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 leadership really bad bad leadership <sighs> the fact they didn't even think it through they just did not think through what would happen they should never be allowed to go into that into the season being all whoa we're gonna go back to the good old days before Covid when technically we all know that still was not the case this virus was still rampaging on um certainly wasn't my neck of the woods and it was there was no sign of it going away for quite some time we were still having to deal with the aftermath of it but nope they were just they were still happy to carry on as if nothing as normal when in reality it should have stopped, binked and got, oh actually okay no this is um not quite there just yes, yet we'd like to be but we've still got a couple of maybe a couple, a couple more months to go and we just need to be on the quarter side but there again there's so many things we could have done to, to avoid the mess we got we got into but at the end of the day would it work worked statistically probably not but there would have been better options than what we ended up getting, which was complete and utter, utter carnage. And I think I've pretty much said now all that needs to be said about COVID. I really just hope that this is the last time we have to deal with the virus regarding the HR, because I don't think we can go for a fourth year in a row. The fact we've had to do gone gone for three is just really, really, really bad. I mean, one was pretty enough, two was not great, but three, how did it? Three seasons in a row. That's just not on. We should be, we now should have be been in a position where we're going to say we've got under control and we're pressing on as well with business as usual. Not still having to take two steps back because obviously we didn't have any contingencies, but it's just not good at all. This is just not good behaviour, it really is not. So I'm really hoping that this is going to be the last time we have to bring up Covid with the NHL because uh, what, what are we doing, what are we doing now? So I think all in all, this is this, this just, just going to be a little short summary, really, it's just just, just, just really um, If you've asked me the question, do I think we had a legitimate season? No, I don't think we had a legitimate season at all, and that's not going to be, gonna be the issue of obviously players and development programs either because some of these have had to call up there players on the air not because they believe all they've got, they should be given a shot, it's because they've had to because of Kobe situations that we've not been prepared for, and that also has been a, ma- a sort of massive structure of the as well, players as well, because it's just not on whatsoever, we wanted about bet the future, the future generation, but it's got to be done properly and this is not the way to do it. So overall, no, I do not think that this has been legitimate season, and hopefully that this is the last and final act in the COVID-19 saga regarding the NHL. And now, on our season 4 finale, it's time for a little reflection. Well, reflection, I say, in terms of the Barracuda, who have now officially flown the nest they left the SAP Centre and moved into their own new building. Who would have thought that would have been possible seven years ago? Can you believe it? In seven years since the move uh, was made you know, to bring the Barracuda to San Jose, it's part of that massive uh, exodus, if you, can, you you'd like to call it. Um, of uh, Pacific Division teams in the AHL bringing their uh, franchises to, uh, the, uh, Pacific, uh, to <clears throat> the Pacific area, because if you think about it, there wasn't really much of a uh, Pacific in the, the AHL until really uh, the the formation of that division and it was it was, it was such a big and I remember this quite quite well actually it was it was just it was, at the time it was, it was a big big shift really of all these uh teams in the in in our Sharks division including us who had teams really far out from their uh from their parent club um oh, and 12 teams in that 15 16 season uh relocated their uh, their franchises um, no, this is mainly due to the influence of their AHL clubs and the them Of those 12, 9 were relocated because they were directly owned by teams and the parent club wished to make calls up from the AHL more practical uh, which is what we see a lot in this day of age right now Um, so these um and it was in January 2015 when we got the details that five of these at franchises, so which were at the time, all right, let me get the names right: the Adirondack Flames, the Manchester Monarchs, the Norfolk Admirals, Oklahoma City Barons. And the Worcester Sharks, which is what the because it were probably known, to California as the basis of that new Pacific division. Which, of course, as we know, we became Stockton, Ontario, San Diego, Bakersfield, and ZAZA, uh, respectively. And those five have basically stood the test of time, well, until recently, Stockton's case, but that is brought a little bit of matter. Um, mm-hmm. And those moves continue with two more relocations which involve Canadian teams. You have the St. Uh, John Icecaps going back to Winnipeg as a Manitoba moves and the Hamilton Bulldog becoming another iteration of the Icecaps to fulfil uh, the contract in St. John's and obviously as Tyler's got on. We've had more teams coming to that, that Western Conference and particularly that Pacific Division. Um, the um, uh, in 2016, we saw the Arizona Coyotes move the Springfield Falcons to Tucson because of the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, and then the. And who else do we have? Moves west. Oh, also we have the, the addition of the Colorado Eagles, moving up from the East States now. Um, well, and most recent, of we've had the head. That happened in the 2018-19 season and then, tw- then obviously the last two years we've had Henderson join us, they were a relocation from San Antonio Rampage to Henderson and then obviously this year we've had um, Abbott's Hood, who was a relocation from Utica and then we don't know how that went, all went down. <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, to think about it, you know, how the time, ta- how back, before the 1560s there wasn't that much of a western sort of presence in in the uh, AHL and since the, and it's lightest and it was, so yeah so we're car kind of, so the car was part of history that we were about to help get this western shift to become uh worse today. So before the Barracuda that they, they were originally the the recent iteration of them was the Worcester Sharks, um, Sharks which operated between 2006 2015, and then these so way far oh, So it was only right that the relocation have happened. Um, the think Worcester had that much luck in the uh, in, in the HR at all. No, meant to, they meant they reached the playoffs uh, about four times in general, so not do that well. Um, so yeah, so what I want to do here on this segment is to just talk through some highlights, you know, some of those highlight moments of Barker's time in SAP Center with the ball thing to pl- place your A- HR team in the same arena as your A- HR team. Um, also we know my, 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 Toba does this. Um, the Jets and the Moose do, do share, um, their arena they both in the same arena. So we do know it does, um, indeed work. Um, but really for the Barrow I just never thought it was actually, you know, that that practical, um at all. and I so I was quite relieved when the, the, the news dropped. Um back where it did in twenty twenty I believe it was. Was it before was it before the pandemic? Mm give me a sec, look that up. No uh, yeah, yeah yeah it was, in, it was in january 2020 we got that announcement of the of, of techcu know what it's gonna be called that back then but <clears throat> it's uh, static as they got to be able to buy call a place of their own and it has been no lodgers anymore so that was a great thing so let's look back on some of the highlights right there's high in SAP center and we're gonna go go down memory lane and we start with <clears throat> October 9, 2015 which was the Barracuda's first ever game in Barracuda history and happened also as the first ever home game in franchise history where they would take on uh, it would be the Rockford the Rockford Ice Hog would be the Barracuda's first ever opponent in any AHL competition and they did lose to four Two, in front of what was a spectacle 6,977 fans at the centre. center so michael Hay and right look they scored for the back of while troy cross made 37 states in net for Sazze in that loss rookie tana current led the way personally for rockford and golden mike clayton made 30 states in net for the victory Rockford um, bowed out to a 2 0 lead in the first period with a quick strike by rookie Tanner Pillar at 101 and a shorthanded tally by Dennis Rusman at 14.43. The Bad first ever goal was a power play goal, and that credit went to Michael Healy, who snapped the shot for the slot um, that slid through the pads of Michael Leeson. And Sanse trailed 2 1 of 20 minutes as shots stood. 40-30 in favour of the Ice Hogs. Thursday tied the game with another power play goal as the camp Jim Braylor was set up by Mika Lawler and Michael Haley at 6.34. Frasier McLaren dropped the mix with Mike Lamas <laughs> in a one-sided fight won by Frasier at 8.54 and Troy made 14 second for his days so and the two teams head into the second intermission tied at 2. Rockford, however, scored twice more in that third period to grab the 14th row victory. Tanakero scored the game with it at 4.45 in the third period, with a nice deflection in front of the of Troy Cross net. Jeremy Moran added some insurance with Rockford's fourth goal at 8.47, and they outshot the Barracuda 39 in the third period. So that was the first ever game, and first of a the Barracuda. Yeah. now the next the next highlight we're covering um is the back is the Barracuda's first ever win on home soil which came on November the 1st 2015 ag- against the ontario rain <laughs> <laughs> well here we get your first win it's probably gonna be against bar bar two um a hey, um HL. <sighs> California puns and clubs. <laughs> It was a 4-2 win Really getting in front of 4, 39 fans at the XBin Centre And the bag like, first ever win on her home ice. Aaron Dale got his third win of the season with 32 Tuesdays with 34 shot at John McCarthy, Mika Merle, Jeremy Langway, and Nicola Baldwin Score for the Barracuda on Ontario, their first regulation loss of that season. Peter Birds have made 25 saves in the losing effort, while my Mershaw and Ryan Holber, but scored for the rain as they were playing their third game in three days, which of course is very really typical. You would see a lot in the AHL. John McCarthy of the Barracuda scored the first goal of the game at 2.45 off of the a backdoor pass from the teammate Trevor Parks, breaking the ground to the team's score the streak at 164.04 minutes. Michael Merch scored a power play goal for the brain at 10.33 and tied the game up shots with 13.10 in favor on terror for the first period. Michael Miller scored a power play goal at 14-06 in the second period to get the value of the league with a big blast from the point. After a Scott-Ertiman's face-off win, Ryan Hobart answered quickly with the rain, scoring less than a minute later at 14-55 to tie the game back up after a goal-mouth. Scramble in the front of the down. Both teams recorded just nine shots each in that second period. Jeremy Longworth scored on a wraparound. Got 6 to 15 to get the barracuda the lead for that for the third time during the game, and uh, was impressive with the third, turning away all 12 shots to the win. Niko's goals so scored nice in the empty net, got nice and it was, put the barracuda up for two, and the shots were 12-10 in Rain in that foul period, as was, they picked up their first ever win at SMP Centre as the barracuda. Yeah, a brilliant display there. So, Yeah, so basically, it took a month in and they got their first win there. Our next highlight also features the rain. We're going to fast, we're going to move, we're going to pick up the pace now. We're going to move on uh, to the end of the Radcliffe's first season where they would end up managing to get enough points to qualify uh, for the postseason to begin what was a very, very lengthy qualification streak which, which technically... Only snapped this year because the Barracuda pretty much qualified for the first every single year up until this year. Now of course obviously uh, the 1920 season ended up being disrupted because of COVID and ended up being cancelled altogether and it's and at that time we were sort of on pace for the street to snap there. Uh, but because that season ended up getting cancelled and didn't finish, and ultimately there was no Card Cup hosted, I therefore claim the streak was still alive. Last year, of course, we had a division playoff tournament rather than a Card Cup tournament. So, And it technically is counted that we did qualify for that. So that meant the streak, streak kept up going. So, really te- so technically, it's only this year that, that, the, season, that, the, um, that the qualification streak Ended. But the Barracuda in their first ever- year, they did qualify for the playoffs. They qualified as the fourth seed in the Pacific uh, that year. And I ended up going against um, the, the number one seed in the Pacific, the Ontario Rain, and in the best of five Pacific Division semi finals. Uh, the Rain decided actually, because um, obviously the highest he gets to choose. Uh, it has a hard advantage. Do you want it to be games one, um, one and two, or do I go three, four, five? The rain shows to go for three, four, five, so that meant the Barracuda would, would get the first two games. And <clears throat> so, the first ever playoff match happened on April 22nd, 2016. The Barracuda did drop that uh, game in front of four thousand. 636 pounds to a score of two was a close matchup uh, and the second game which was good for the moment happened the next day but here we go this weapon game one Nikita Jephler tied the score early in the third period while L made 35 saves in net in the loss Curtis McDermott scored midway through the second period to put Ontario up 1-0 and Donny Brahe he scored the game winner at 1557 of the third period for the rain Peter Borlaug made 28 saves in net for the win. Each team by 12 shots on goal the scores first period of play as goaltenders Aranda and Peter Poulos were both equal up to the task. they had their best chances though in the final two minutes of that three. Tanson and John McCarthy each had great chances to break the scoreless tie. The rain did score the 40th shot of the game between the two sides. After Nick Dowd won a face off deep in the Barracuda zone and rookie's defenseman Curtis McDermott fired a rocket just inside the crossbar from 50 feet to give the rain a 1 0 edge. Shot the 30 11, I'll tell you, in that segment, inside the headlock room, 21 0. Nikita another tied the score with a quarter goal score at 6 as he broke in down to the right side and dragged around the like and snapped a quick shot of half the blocker and off the post to tie the score 1 1. The range shot back as Johnny Ross Nick was all alone in front of the deck back and pass still at 57 for the game winning score. Shot at 12 600 in that third period alone. So we dropped game 1 as about his first ever, ever playoff game. Their first ever win the postseason would come. 24 hours later, to tie up that series with a 3 2 victory over the rain. As Brian Carpenter, Brian Lowe, and Nikolai Goldsman each found the back of the net, while Arundel made 34 saves in net for the victory. Joaquin Ryan and three assists from the Blue Line personality at the Barrack won their first ever playoff game. Curtis McDermott and Johnny Roderick scored the rain, while Beaton Borders made 12 saves in net for the loss. A lot like game one, and I have really managed to find the back of the net in a, in a free-flowing opening 20 minutes of play. The best chance for winning really that period occurred on um, um, a Johnny brosk breakaway but Arundel made a great blocker, saying with five minutes remaining in that period and shots were 9-7 in favour of the Raiders' scores both play. But both of them struck twice in the middle of the frame with Ryan Carpenter getting the first part score at 3.58. Demi Longworth on, went crashing in the forecheck to force a turbo and Yoki Briar fires a blast from the point that was dis- deflected by Kovner on top of the crease, hard pulled out. So as they went ahead 2-0 after a power play move by Captain Briar uh, down the right point, side and then cut towards the net and slammed the puck into the cage at 30.7. And there uh, 14 more second period saves and also picked up an assist at the barracuda. Took a 2-0 lead into the second intermission. Curtis McDermott tried a laser from 50 feet through the screen and passed at 2.40. Of the third pair to cut the deficit to 1. At the back could have responded back at 8.23. But a perfect give-and-go move of Jeremy lance set-up for an easy Tap tapped to, the, to give the black size a 3-1 lead with the gold tender pool the rain did get one back donnie bronson find find her one time at 925 but it was too little too late for the rain and that was the first time when in the carl cup playoffs. For the barracuda we're gonna move on now but before we do i'll just let you know how that series ends up ending because sadly that would be the only g- g- uh, game the brad would win that series and it would end up falling in three 3- one 3- 1- Series, it would go to four, Uh, but because it would have more success the following year, what is currently their only best performance so far uh, in the cold Cup playoffs. We've only managed to get past the first round in one season, and that was in the 2016 17 season. Since then, we haven't managed to get past the first round, so something we will hopefully be looking to avoid. uh, next when we next go back is the cold top sort of players hoping next year or if not in the near future something to work on there but guys i said we're gonna move forward now because the barracuda in their second year got something very rare they won the division title and in fact i'm gonna bring up our our other uh, uh, iterations just to check their trophy cabinets. Um, like I say, we haven't had much success, have we, in, uh, with our AHR franchises? Um, so, so our first, so the first iteration was the Kentucky, Kentucky blades Um, they did, oh, they did, they did pick up two division championships. They picked one up in in the 99 2000 and then the 2000 and 2001 uh season uh the cleveland barons um they didn't they didn't, play they didn't no they did not No, they've not picked up no the cleveland Barons didn't pick up any still well the best they did was coming fourth in the north division in the 2003 uh, Fourth season, so nothing there. Um, and then, actually, that's that the only year they made the Colour Cup playoffs, so uh, not, not there. And then Worcester. Um, no, Worcester did not pick up uh, any silver. And, and. well they've had some. As I mentioned, they, they had, they had um, four appearances in the postseason. Um season. Um Yeah, so Yeah, so not good there. So this is a big 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 deal. Second Our know, second Year and Trophy. Brilliant work there. So, the Pacific Division title was claimed on the April the 9th, 2017 when the Barracuda uh, defeated Oh, no, sorry. No, right. So, yeah. So, this was a bit, a bit, a bit of a... Right. So this is a bit of an odd one. So, the Standing of goals fell 3-1 in Ontario and that was when the... Uh, title was was claimed. <laughs> so yeah, so for 64 games at the time, they hold the AHL's best wins perc- win percentage at .711 with a record of 42 15 and they took over the best winning percentage in the AHL during its 14-game winning streak from January to March the 1st, and had and they didn't look back uh, since going 27-7-1 since January the 1st. And they were the first team in the AHL to clinch a division title. So And they could could win the Western Conference uh win a victory over Stockton on Sunday, which they did. And now because that's Sunday, there will be just three games for me in the regular season. So yeah, so it's uh, so yeah, so it's was, so yeah, so San Diego fell that night to three total three one that clinched it for us just absolutely amazing because you know there wasn't really much I don't feel there was much exp- higher ex- than terms of expectations you know you just what you know I mean this is st- obviously Braggers is still in a young, young club he's still I uh, just made the move to South to and for this to be their best season as a, ho- as a whole as it was as a whole it was just absolutely brilliant to have that division title and we even do have the banner hoist up in um in centre because I remember when I, when I was um well it was inside a few years ago um and it looked I actually was sitting near the near the uh, near the banners and I noticed one um which looked a bit unusual and I didn't realize it at first um but eventually but when I got my phone I looked up like, actually it's the Barracuda's so I thought oh because I thought the logo looks familiar I think it might be our HL club so I had to look it up so like yeah so yeah so yeah so it is up it so yes so if you want so if you ever do go to a shark and SAP center it it is up there we do have a 16 17 pacific division uh banner it's barracudas uh, oh, it's got it's got the old logo that's what threw me off that's what threw me off because we off because um it was the year after i was in when it was the it was during the 1780s season i was like and we just changed the logo so that's what threw me off, because it was the old logo that was on the banner. So that threw me off. But it was the new, if it was the current logo, that would have made it. I would have gone, yep. Oh, I remember that it was Happy Days. But it was because it was the old so it sort of threw me off a bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it is there in the Raptors, they in the center. Hmm. Center, so yes. I wonder if it's going to come down now, because obviously now the back. So obviously it made sense at the time to keep that ba- to be up there, given how. You know, the that was sharing SAP with the Sharks, but now we've got our own barn. I wonder if that's going to come, going to come down and from SAP and go up into text to you because you think it should shouldn't it? you think it it should go into the be, and be hoisted at the at the home arena of the team. So really, hmm. Or you can have a copy, or you get a copy copy made. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can have a copy made and do um and put that because mm, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting mm, that's mm, that's something to keep an eye on next um next season if anybody goes for a shark stage during next season get in touch with me by the podcast email to let me know if the is still up there or has it come down and gone to texting You let me know that that but yeah but just such an amazing achievement for Barracuda and that meant they would go into the Cardinal Cup first that year, the number one seed the Pacific. And oh my word, did they have an impressive run. <sighs> if only they didn't come short. If only they didn't come short, with was brilliant work. So they won the first, the semifinals. Oh, the division, sorry, the division today. They won the division semifinals over Stockton in five games won the position final against sunday going there you go go 4-1 and then sadly fell in the conference finals to the Grand River griffins in 4-1 and that is what we're gonna want but what we're gonna cover next on our little trip down memory lane is marsh is is, is 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 may the 13th 2017 when the Barracuda would punch their ticket to the Columbus Buyers to play the Grand Rapid Griffins, did, did the Griffins go on to win the Cold Cup that year? Can we just put look that up? Um, can I, th- I, I think the Griffins have won a cold Cup recently? But was it that year or was it or was it the year after? Let so look it up. Uh, the Griffins. Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, so the grip, so the groundwork of would actually end up going on to win the Calder Cup uh, that year, where they would play where they would defeat. Let me click it up. It was they defeated that year. Maybe one sec, actually, let's go. Syracuse! It was the Syracuse crunch! What was a repeat, actually, of the 2013 Colour Cup file? So there you go, it was Syracuse. There we go! Yeah, but the Barracuda on May 13th would punt their tickets to the car. The west of commerce final i know rule when they would literally take down sh- shut out san diego so let's go through it shall we at 10 at 24 the first jacob milton dropped a pass for barque uh, as the power play so it's the power forward today uh entered the uh, tanky zone and Goodrow ripped a shot past Yulot In the second, on their first power of the night, Adam Hewlett fought, lifted a rebound over the right pad of um 4,000 net minor had made the original save, off a point shot from Yulot rogan at the 40 minute mark to give the stat so, a 2-0 lead. In the third, they held up a 5-bit major penalty after Timo Amaya was given a game with constantly charging. And for us Nick made all six for the to sort of shut up win. And move on to the Western Conference Final. Well they would sadly fall that year uh, to the Grand Rapid uh, Griffins. Sadly, it would end up being in five games. But at least because we won one. But, oh, what could have been? What could have been? they could have maybe gone further. Oh, I don't know. Would we have managed to beat Syracuse in the final if we had gone to the final? I do not know but I think it could oh, have come further, it could have, but it could have been, it actually did But oh all, to have achieved all that in your second year. It's pretty impressive, it's pretty impressive stuff you've got, stuff you've got to say, I you know, first, say, um particularly how our previous iterations haven't had that much success about could do that, which is absolutely amazing, and it's something that, while we sadly haven't been able to build on since, it is to look back and go, "Wow, that was just an amazing team and it's something that could we could get um, again one day. Particularly now, we're in our own arena, and we've got Arena. So, and, but anyway, but, oh, it was just amazing. It was at the, t- at the time, it was, it was just such a really achievement. It, it, it gave me those vibes that I had the year prior when the Sharks qualified. For the stanley cup final and that game six but she goes to blue's bar it's like well yeah it's been to party and achieve and celebrate regardless of what comes next And even though the next result would end up being sour i can still look back on and say well that was just such an amazing achievement because it was something that had never been achieved before and something that so will be achieved again when we do not know right so now we move to this year for our final stop on our memory lane tour which of course was the final game in SAP Center, that, which took place. Uh, I yeah, in the it was on. Da, 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 da. Let me bring let me bring up my notes. April, the 13th was the final game at SNP Centre for the Barrett-Hooder. Sadly, though, we were a a really, really, really nasty slump. And, um, well, we didn't pick up any wins at all at the final month of of this season. It's just just, gone. Um, But, at the same time, the emotion of it was just there for all to see. Because it was a huge... was a huge moment in radical history you know we spent seven years you know as cohabitants of that gate that game oh sorry of that of of that reader with the sharks and to finally uh and for us to not now be leaving that was just a huge moment moment um yeah so a huge huge moment despite the loss it's a total of two thousand three hundred twenty-three fans. Um, I'll go through the scoring to for you because um, it wasn't really much, much to report there. Um, so this is this, this was the um, scoring summary. Um, it actually when it actually wasn't until the third period when everything all sort of went off the tracks. Those first periods actually were actually were pretty pretty close, and the game could have gone either way. As the Barclays got to open the scoring at one minute the first period, courtesy of Lane, uh Pedersen with his seventh year, with the assist going to Thomas Bordalo and the half Hazlatch. Then the next two goals were Connor goals, and uh, they tied it at six 13 with by Graham Mc- McPhee's fifth year assisted by Darren Clear and Seth Griffin. And then, literally late in the period, eighth tracer the Condor's mate made 2-1, Curzio Dino, Provence for the 7th of the by and down here. Then the table sort of turned, so at first you saw the Barca got one goal, Cos got two, it flipped. Kula gets two goals, Connor gets one goals. The Barca ties the game at 310 of the second period, thanks to Jasper with his year, assisted by Archie, Knizov and Thomas Bordelow. Connells then retake that lead a couple of seconds later at 3 3 Banks are down clear against Bursdier with assist by David Fee. Then a deliver late but late scorer. This time for Barracuda to uh, tie it up again at 3-3. Um, Patrick Holloway 4 for the year for him and Thomas Bordler and Lane Pesson got the assist. But then the rest of the period was all... But then the third period it was just all Connells. 3 the third, Alan Cracknell retakes the lead, 4-3, 8-2 for him, Steph Griffin, i got, and that the assist. Then the last two goals were Seth Griffin, Griffin's seven, uh, seven minutes, make it 5-3, he uses assist, up to year assist to Alan Cracknell and Graham B. At 19 no 6 make it 6-3, he's got a year. that was an assisted goal. Uh, and there'd only be one penalty for your Barracuda. Barracuda, fourteen forty-eight cup. Well, uh, top of the receivers were hooking. The rest of the penalties were all condals. Eight fifty-nine, the first period, bit Hugland, Timmy for tripping. One ten, the second period, a bench minor due to team email on the ice. That was served by Steph Griffin. And then fourteen twenty-nine, the third, Colton that two minutes for holding. Uh, the Bad got, um, did get one, uh, one, uh, pa- well, one three in the while the bar while the Condors were 0 for 1. Um, uh, the shots on goal, oh my god, these were dreadful. 20, 20 Condors, 9 Cuda, 1st period. 10 Condors, despite co- 2nd period. And then 3rd period, Condors, 15 cuda 10 to make it 24 overall for the cuda and 45 for the condors so yeah so he ends up falling flat but the emotion of that game could not be underestimated given how it was our final ever at smg center and there we have it our trip down memory lane is complete so many wonderful memories we've covered there some of them good some of them not too good Oh no! It just shows how far we've come over the last seven years, and I, oh, I still feel so, so huge that this has happened. They've actually now moved on, got their own place, of their own. It's oh, it's almost like your kids have literally grown up, and all they're now reached 18, they're now flying nests, gone to uni. Even though they're only taxi eight, taxi seven, eight when it gets when it gets Octo October. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so oh, I was just so thrilled that they are going to be having their own place to, um, to go to. Because I've always felt the I could I have, I'm not going to lie, it has been kind of fun to have them cohabit with the Sharks SAP Centre. Practically though, for an AHL club where you're rep, um, and in the AHL where you got teams directly and you getting attention about what 4,000 the most. Wasn't really ideal, it was never really practical, and eventually, something was going to have to happen. Um, and I'm just so relieved that they are finally getting other places. I'm just so excited for the future and what it's going to bring because for me, this means we could relax a bit now in terms of our CUDA. There's no, I mean, obviously, relocation literally. Uh, the AHL right now it is basically a revolving door right now. I mean, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think of um, a year during, uh, where we haven't had a relocation happen in the AHL. It's a it is a really common common thing. So if you if you're new to, if you are new to the AHL, relocation is is very very common. It happens quite a lot because a lot. Of, uh, and it's mostly to do with the fact that the AHL club that's affiliated with that he wants to bring them closer uh, to home to make up uh, to make to make call ups when um, when they need when they need to happen uh, more practical and more easier. Um, it, 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 it actually it is it needs to, It's not that easy. You, your AHL club is situated that's on the other side sa- side of the of the of the um, of the year of the, of the cup, of The country, it's not ideal to to call so that. So, say for example, and I'm going to use St. Louis here because St. Louis are currently affiliated with Springfield. It's not ideal if you need to call somebody up from Springfield to get them to St. Louis, it's just not practical. And that's why we're seeing a lot of teams now, um, moving the airshark clubs nearer to home, uh, to help make our court easier. We we thought we saw Vancouver do it this year, uh, with. Uh, Utica Mark One to move and move them to Abbotsford, um, which obviously is great for ba- Vancouver because it means they get to have a team close to home. It's also great for the AHL the because it adds another Canadian club in. Um, and um, but it, that, that's that's got to be one of the weirdest uh, real cases I've seen because the team then because then Utica then got the Comets again, but it was M- Mark Two. And the contrast really is different because of the colours, though it Um, I mean New Jersey did a very good one to make it very very clear yeah this is not the same we may still have the name but we're not to say it's a brand new iteration that's still quite hilarious um yeah Uh, and most recently and we found out that Calgary are going to be moving Stockton closer at home next year they're going to be moving Stockton to Calgary so that's going to create another Canadian club um, that's also a bit of a weird relocation because it means you lose, a because uh, um, because you can't gain a Canadian club, but with Coachella coming in, you you still still got the same American clubs that you had going into the last this this season. So yeah, just what was there. Yeah, so for the case, it's a constant thing. Um, but with the Barcuda now having their own home to call the road, it means you don't worry about that. The future bet of Assa air shell Hockey is Barcuda that secure and it's gonna do so much to help grow hockey in the city as a whole and that I think right now it's got to be the number one priority for Zaza hockey not that is developing the next generation ready to take to eventually one day be AHL level be the next shark that will pave the way for the next wave of success that will come Look so it's exciting times ahead for the Barracuda, and we cannot wait for them to move into their home, own home. Which we do have the date for, and I'm gonna quickly give it to you to finish off this segment of the finale here because we're pretty much gonna wrap it up now. This little segment, but I'll quickly give you the de- that date, put in your diaries just in case you haven't really got, got it. It is send me one uh, here um, mm-hmm. 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 oh I do know what it is Ah, here it is. <laughs> there it is. Saturday, October the 22nd. That is the date you need to put in your diaries. Ch- diaries. You do not make any plans for that wherever you are in the world as a. Well, as a Saturday hookup cancel that date because that is going to be the day where the Barracuda will play the first ever game in Texas U Arena. We can't wait for that. So that's been a little, little trip down memory lane over the Barracudas' seven years in S.A.P. Centre and we just look forward to seeing them in their own new home in Texas U Arena and hopefully it's the start of a brand new golden era for Zalzay Hockey. Okay, so this is a part of the finale that I always uh, look forward to um, every year because it gives us a chance to actually reflect on the work we've done in each season of Terraport. It's a nice thing to do where you get to sort of sit down, you know, to reflect over the past what's been 10 shows this year because we had two extra shows for you guys, we normally would do. Um, wow. Well, Supposed to do, because, oh, God. I mean, because I remember, looking back to season one, designing the, the, stru- the structure, it's going to be one episode for each month, seven months, sorted. And unless you do, and, and, and unless you do any specials throughout the year, they could be classed as But as eggs. But ideally, you make, every season will be seven. Then season two comes, of course, and, of course, we were traveling on nicely until we got to March. Then, of course, it all went flat. And obviously last year, because we had to sort of do like an extended season last year to try and cover up the um the the um uh, the first three months of the se- of what would be not the normal standard hockey calendar year where there was no hockey, it maybe had some extra episodes. So so far in our four years, there's only been one season where it's been a standard uh four episodes, that was season one. Uh obviously this year you've had um Two extra shows, well, three actually three extra shows because we had that um, Olymp- we had that emergency podcast um, ...round right about Christmas um occurring what the the Olympics. ...that was something new we had we did we haven't done before this um uh, this year emergency podcast. We've never really done that before on Report. We've done bo- we've done bonus uh, episodes like obviously. Where, obviously, we hosted the All-Star Week in 2019. That was a lovely thing to do in, in um, Season 1. That was the last minute thing. Cause I because I was banging you good I was to be a Pacific watch for like, that um, show. But thought, no, we can't do that. Not when we're the hosts, no. So it worked better as a bull I actually quite like how it's done in the end. Um, but yeah, but we've never really done an emergency episode before. Where, you know, you, you, you sort of come on abruptly and have to talk about an emergency that's literally happening across the um league which of course this season was the fact that the league rather but um quite rashfully decided actually uh because of um because of how we are badly handling the pandemic and because obviously omicron has now um caused disruptions we have reached the point where actually uh well we can't go to beijing after all and of course as you know I remember my feelings very, very, very clear about that. Particularly the DXL, you missed out on a very good tournament uh, in Beijing. Wow, I could not predict predicted how Beijing actually went down. A bit like how I couldn't predict how Pyeongchang was going to go down four years ago. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be... And I think that's amazing with the, tor- the limit tournaments now in hockey. You cannot predict now how they're going to go. In the men's side, the women's, I can't say the same. But hey, yeah, so, yeah, so... In terms of looking back what we've done before, that is a big step forward, doing an emergency show. Now, I would not like to ideally like, to like that to become a regular thing because an emergency show is, is always supposed to be done when there's something very, really, 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 serious going on. Um, and normally it's because it's, it's been quite tragic. So I don't want that to become a regular thing. But in a way, I'm kind of glad we did it so that I. Because I've never done an emergency show for anything before. So, in a way. Even though I was not thrilled that the NHL did choose to rationally pull out of, of Beijing. I'm kind of glad that we got to talk about that uh, and do an emergency show. Because that way, in the future, if we, ever, if we ever have to do emergency shows again. Well, okay, now we know how to do it. You just do it. Um, and oh my, were well, the timing of that not right? Because the League made that decision the de- um, on December 22nd. So that's technically Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Because <laughs> it was Christmas Eve Eve that I think we got it released onto your podcast feeds. So the day before that, so Christmas Eve, 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 I had to record the whole thing, get it, put into post-production and everything, and publish, ready for Christmas Eve, Eve, because I thought that'd be the best chance, given how it's a fresh piece of news, and obviously Christmas around the corner! <laughs> Oh, but nah. Yeah, so that is a big step we've done here on this on this season, you know, doing the emergency show. And so and if we ever have to do those again in the future, at least now I can say, well, I've done it once. I know what I'm doing. Just get the mic set up, hit record, and just go. So, yeah, so that's a big something that we've had done this year. Now, also, every season four, we've had another uh, major change in how uh the structure of the show works um particularly with our middle sections um because i think what i've uh, established now four season in the lookbacks are never going to change you can never really sort of change the way the lookbacks will work you can maybe do them d- differently like as we did last year has to do, do some of them in one big block because there was only eight or nine games played that particular month last year given how last year was only fifty six games so you, can, so you can mix it up and do how you do you can do it one go or do it too hard. But then, the way you do them is gonna change. So, the middle section is sort of like the fun section because that's where you get to play around and go, Right, looking at our current middle section, is there anything we can do to change it up? And this year we did. And of course, one of the big main changes was of course how the Westwatch. Now, now really this change should have happened last year, shouldn't it? It should have, because <laughs> last year, of course, we were in the West Division, um, and we ended up calling it the West Division Pacific Watch last year, because we, really at, at the time, at the time, that West Division was dominated by to, by to three in terms of, of Pacific Division foes. Even though Arizona was on their way out, I still classed them as the Pacific Division, so, they're, so therefore, the, the Pacific over, out ranked those um central teams five to three so meh, so near. but really it should have happened last year didn't the name change but hey this is how it goes but yeah so this year we changed it from a civic watch to the west watch and we've covered everybody as a whole so everybody in the western compass now has got a fair shot at um Give me something useful. it. It actually is a lot easier. Because it can be quite hard if you try to do just your division. Trying and align them to get some news as of course, Edmonton. well oh no, what I'm talking about! Um, but by doing it at the whole conference, it's, it's a lot easier. You've got, you've got more chances of getting lots of good news or content. Yeah. And, and like I say, we always aim to get, with the middle section, we always aim to get at least two pieces of content. Um, well, we try aim for three, two at the very least. But if we can look at, if we can look, if we're lucky, we get a third. We get a third. So We always aim to get at least three, but two at the most. Otherwise, it's not really worth a segment, is it? And we got a fair amount of the West, of the West Conference, on this year. I think it was only Dallas and Winnipeg who were unable to give us something uh, for the West Watch. But hey. There's always next season, you know. There's no pressure, you know, I mean. Talk, what? Well, the Everton Oilers four seasons, but hey. And a, a, a format change, to do it! But hey, so yeah, so any hey, Dias and Winnipeg fans out there, don't panic. There's still loads of time, you know. There's no rush. I mean, it's, I, mean, we were, I mean, this is, of course, the first year of the, of, the, of the new format change. I think it worked pretty, pretty well. I'm still eyeing other the Kings on how to present it. Um, which hopefully next season I'll have that sorted out But I think it worked pretty better as a whole It worked a lot more better So so yeah, so that was quite good Can we just note the end of the thing I am so thrilled that I finally got that joke Ended once for <laughs> a- <laughs> Because it was starting to get a bit of na- a, bit, a, bit, a bit nasty joke between me and the Edmonton Oilers. And I was thinking, oh my god, are they ever going to give us something newsworthy? And even though it was one of, the peop- one of the people that we normally moan about. Hogging the, the light like, in in, Edmund- in our Edmonton since the corner of our birthday. It was quite a good piece of content. So yes, yeah, so that's good. So yeah, so I did that. We've, done all, we've covered all of his at least once in this segment, so i have just got Dallas and Willow Peg to go, and then everybody's had at least one go. So yeah, so that that's just great. It just works so much better, um, and it had been I mean, on the on the Pacific Watch, and it was just yeah. So yeah, so I'm glad to say that's going to be enough for us the West Watch moving forward. So it's going to be very exciting just to see what West common puns give us news will be next year. Um, another Big Main. Thing we did this year is we expanded the CUDA corner. Now, I had talked to you uh, last year. Um, I've been trying to find a way to include the barracuda on the show, and last year we found a way to do it, and it worked well for the circ given the circumstances, given how close the HL was in a more dire strain than the HL was a terms of the pandemic. Um but on reflection during the off-season uh, For this year. It just sort of didn't feel right. It just did not feel right just running through the fixed, the far results. So I thought I need to come on, I need to expand it. It needed to, to, to feel like a proper segment, it needed to feel more fluid. And I'm so thrilled I finally got there. So this is what it is, we expand it even further. So, what we do is we read the full um, game recap on the Bad Hooders um, uh, website, which has been a big, big help. Uh, I, and it just means the segment, it gets to be a bit more long, it gets to be a full blown segment rather than just like a five minute thing to fill time. Um, and I get to put more effort into it and more energy into it, which is what I want to give to you, need all my segments. Um, it just works so much more better and I feel more connected with that segment. So yeah, so I'm pleased to say the Corner is now in a place where I'm happy with it and I look forward to seeing how it's going to work. Going forward, especially next year, of course, uh, as we welcome a new team, Coachella, Coachella Bally. How is it right I'm, I'm able to pronounce Coachella Bally, but not Abbotsford? Here we are at the end of the season, and I've still not managed to pronounce the Abbotsford Canucks name properly. And they made the playoffs. It's balmy. Yeah, I can say. Because you would be co chair, Bally would, would be the tongue twister. No, it's the Abby Canucks who appears to be the tongue twister. I don't know. Says <laughs> not <laughs> so, yeah, but of course, also the Barracuda's new home. Oh, it's so exciting. And oh, we've got a date! We've got a date for a October 22nd, first ever game. Again, in Texas Arena. Who will it be? Who's going to be... Remember, if you haven't already done so, take part in our fun little survey. I I mentioned it on the the last episode. We've got a fun little survey online uh, for you guys to take part in. I want to know, who do you think the Barracuda are going to have as their opponents in that home observable, which we now know will be on October the 22nd? So, um, go online. I've... the link out somewhere i'll try and find it and repost it for you guys um guys if you go online um check out that that service it's just a little bit of fun yeah it's just a nice little bit of fun to do um and just take part and while i hear from you guys who do you for the bag Who's going to get to play first in our new building october 22nd is going to be absolutely amazing but yeah but as a whole with this year, i'm just so glad i managed to find a way to finally get that segment just feel like a feel like a segment. Just absolutely proper. It just feels more fluid. And it just feels more energetic. it's just absolutely fun. So yeah. So I feel this year to to report. We've got the segments ironed out. They feel great. Now we just need to think. Is there room to add something else? Something you know to do every now and then, like a fun. Because like I say, with this podcast, it's always it's always changing. It's always coming with fresh ideas. It's always trying something out new. So. I was thinking, what new ideas could we do to try trial every, every now and then? Did it work great? Right? I guess we could a thing. If not, doesn't really matter. At least we have a go. So yeah, so... A big going into season five, that's where the podcast is going to be now. It's going to now in the position of what can we do to trial and error and how is it going to work as a reaction. Also, real quickly, well, I'm also glad this year we got the uh, a mailbox box finally up and running and no... I know this is something we should have done way back in Season 1, but for me, the main area of Season 1 was just to get going. It was just to get this podcast up and running. That, for me, was the main focus. Worry about all the other stuff afterwards. Just get this podcast up and running first, and then get connecting. So I know this we should have probably done in Season 1, but we're here now. We've got that email now. Um... I would have liked to have had a, had some in the mail, in the mailbag. I would love to have had some readers' view um, comments that we could have read out uh, on the show this year, because that's the idea behind the, the mailbag. Now it's now set up as a way for me to get in touch with you guys and be you versa. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your questions and any suggestions you got for maybe new content ideas or teleport bidders. I'd love to hear those from you. Um, so yeah, so. At least we can say this either, we've got it set up. It's not been successful so far, but at least we got it set up. It's there now, if you want to get in touch, feel, feel free. I always will, at the beginning and the end of each show, give you the address. You've got it, it's there. But I'll remind you now, So if you do want to get in touch, it is toapportpodcast.com. I'll repeat that again for you guys, it's to at toapportpodcast.com. That's the address, you've got it now. If you want to get in touch, please do, like I say, if we do get anything from our dear listeners, we might just read out on the show. So he said so that's that so, so if you need a reason to t- get in touch, what fair reason he got than that. But yeah. But at least we got it set up. That was kinda of the main point to get done this year as well. So it's yeah, so it's been it's been another incredible season. Again we've had to try and, you know, sail through given the league's um how the league has handled this pandemic, but it's been just fun and it's been great to be able to tweak the format to make it work more fluidly and just put it, put the show in a place where it's just absolutely amazing and I'm just happy with how all the segments run and it just works to make it such a happy and fun build podcast. so just before we go i'd like to um just quickly talk you through um what we've got planned coming up uh next season and oh my god is it going to be a big one it is off fifth season next year that is just an incredible achievement and I can't believe I I actually can't believe this. Actually, it's flown by quite quickly. It it, 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 to, it to me it just still feels like yesterday. Um, we were starting this 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 adventure, and you know it still feels it just still feels like oh it was only yesterday back you know, back in twenty eighteen we kick started and got off the road and um, I can't believe we're already on season five despite everything that's happened and. For one second, I don't think you could have been predicted we'd be where we are now as a whole in terms of uh, not to the show, but also the state the world's in and everything. It's just been unbelievable. So that in itself is the cover of I can't believe it's going to be our fifth season next year. It's just, it's crazy. It really, really is just crazy. And of course, next season It's going to be special for a lot of things. Obviously, we've got the Barracuda. Um. Finally moving into a place of their own. That in itself is so exciting. And trust me, you get, you're going to see a huge improvement to the Barracuda in, now having a place to call their own. I think they're going to grow even more than they have really done in these past seven years by being co-tenants with your sharks in the SAG centres. That's amazing in itself. But yeah. So, in terms of the podcast, we are going to have a celebration i'm going to be using this um break between now and october because that's because because i'm going to tell you now that is when we're coming back officially okay so that's to put so that's to let you know now um we will return in october uh, this year we're going to come back in october um and what we're going to do is we're going to combine the embers that worked well in our summer show with the Emmas that worked well in our pre-season show and combine the two together and do like a big sort of um, pre-season show as a whole. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, that will come in October. So just before uh, we get fully started properly uh, for 2022, 2023, that's what we're going to do in October. So so we, we will be back uh, to Kickstart Season 5 October uh, this year so get that pencil you guys now October 2022 that's when you get up season five premiere All Right. so um and I'm hoping that's going to be the way forward um from now on going into the future we, we will start the year in October with the pre-season show and then obviously November we kick off for real um <laughs> but yeah so it's gonna be amazing so yeah so we are gonna be doing something to celebrate it I am um, I've got a couple of ideas, but I'm just trying to think them all through um, uh, and use what we've learned over these past four seasons, what has worked, what's not worked. So, yeah, so I've got a couple of ideas of what I'd like to do uh, to Cerberus. I'm not going to mention it now because I don't want it to be put on the record here then come then come uh, six months down the or we get kicked off again. It's like, ah, actually, no, you know, you did it today. So, yeah, so... so I'm going to tease you on there. I'm going to tease you, but... Yeah, so we've got... So, I've got card cool is uh, in the works, but we'll see um, what's going to be potentially happening. So, yeah, so it's good. so yeah, I, can't, I just cannot believe next year it's going to be season five of the podcast. It just does not feel like five years has passed on the show already. It just does not feel like it. Still, to me, feels like it's day one all over again. And I think that's because the, be- this, the beauty of Liverpool is. It's always in constant flux. It's always adapting. It's always changing, and I think that's what makes this show so amazing to work on, because the format's not set in stone. Unlike a lot of my other shows, the format you pretty much know what you're going to be doing, straightforward, and it's not going to change because it does, because it doesn't need to change. Um, and obviously, we have over the past four seasons have found segments that work, things that haven't worked, work, but. With tear Report, there's always room for improvement, there's always room for every now and then to try, new, try out new things for a season, see if it works, if it works, if it's good, yay, if it's not, it doesn't matter, we really try to go. And that's the beauty of the show, it's always in constant, constant flux. So every time we come to the end of the, of the season, I always feel, oh, I just not feel like it's now season, what number it is, because it just still feels like a brand new show. And that's the beauty of Tier Report, and that's hope it going to keep it going for many, many years to come. So yeah, so... It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna feel so weird next year when I'm saying welcome season five, never been because obviously it's gonna be, cause it doesn't feel like season five. It still feels brand new. Um, but yeah, but that's because it's, it's constantly in flux. It's always. And I think the show's always will be in flux. There's always gonna, um, new possibilities we could do. It's just we wanna bravely test them out. Them out so but yeah. So we are gonna have a celebratory season uh, next year. I. I'm currently workshopping the ideas of what we'll do um we might involve some YouTube stuff it might just be for the podcast alone but we'll see how it goes um and of course I just look forward to having you guys again on the ride it's been incredible um particularly how these last two seasons they have been rough they have been tough given what we've gone through and there's one thing that I can wish for for the league as a whole next year is we go back to how it was when this podcast first started in the 1819 season we just go back to how, to how it was like so the cut so the calendar year goes back to how it was the structure goes back to how it was and we have no disruptions from you know what that's and I, I know i know it sounds like a big massive thing to wish for but but if you asked me if, if i said that this time last year it wouldn't it would not have what happened because we were still in in a constant state of change but now it's sort of at that stage where we have to live with it now i think now to put we can say well now we want to go back to this, 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 this and that but yeah so that's my big hope for the league next year because i can't take three seasons in a row being controlled by COVID, I can't. You I mean at least barely managed to get through through one, let alone two, three would not not would not suffice. It would just no, it would not work. But yeah, so it's just been incredible ride right? over these last 21. I can't believe we've we've gone 21 months in a row, managing to give you new episode after new episode after new episode. Um. Because yeah, we've, we've been non-stop going all the way back to where we started, season three, with our first ever live show, um, back in October 2020. Um, see, And then, of course, last year we did summer specials for the first time ever. That was a big step forward. Because, obviously, normally in the summer months, it's like, I leaguey you guys to have a nice summer break, everything being recharged. And I'm also recharging as well, ready for a brand new season. Um... But yeah, but last year because there was lots of like, things we could do as ideas for those so special I thought let's do it, let's have a go, um, and that worked well to do every now and then. It's not something I'd love to do every single season, um, but it's something that could maybe do every now and then, depending on what situ- the um, situation is. But yeah, so that's good. But yeah, but no, that's this episode today. That's it. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a nice break now. We're going to go on some. We're going to go on summer break for the podcast. That is. Uh, There will be some tour report bits coming out across the summer. That's the beauty of tour report now—not just being the podcast. It's also now YouTube as well. Is that when the podcast has to take a break, the the YouTube side can still keep going. So I've got plenty of ideas for tour report bits to do over the summer. So they'll be coming out across summer as well. But for the podcast, it's got a nice little break now. It's it's earned it. It's earned here after me making it work uh, uh, double over t- no, triple overtime. Because <laughs> that's why it's felt, because we've been non-stop. We've gone all, we've gone all the way through from October 2020 to June 2022, non-stop, bringing you a new episode each month. I look back and think, wow, how did we manage that? Because when we came back in October 2020 season three, we were still in the position of we don't know what's happening we know it's gonna be a season between 2021 20, 20, it's just we don't know where it was gonna start and so to be able to get the first half covered was brilliant and then obviously the second half of, that, of last season it was back to hockey on the rep, hockey in action so it was able to help us there but was, but obviously it's been amazing it's been non-stop so it's just so it just feels sort of weird to break the chain now and i bet for you guys my dear, it's gonna feel weird for you guys not seeing a new episode come out each every month. Um, but that's not the idea we're supposed to be, it's supposed to be where Tier Report is a seasonal show. Um, but obviously, because the circumstances have never been obviously because of that abrupt ending we had to obviously season two, I've been wanting to make up a lost time and we definitely have done. Uh, so yes, but but I'm so looking forward to see what new stuff we're gonna come up with for season five actually. It's gonna be amazing and hope and I look forward to having you guys join me. For what's gonna be a very special anniversary season? Oh my god, that feels weird. I kind of feel like I need to get a patch made, you know, with all the teas do their first patch. I feel like we kind of need to have more time made to, to do something special. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, maybe a special cover. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But hopefully, it'll be. But I look forward to uh, having you guys come with me. So, thank you. Thank you, one or not just for joining us today, but throughout the last 21 months, it's been a roller coaster, it really has. Um, and let's all pray that things can return back to the way they were before the 1920 season. Let's hope they can, not just for the but for your sharks too, because obviously we'd love to love them to get back to be competitive. We want them back into the playoffs because I know we, cause I know they can win the Stanley Cup. You, my dear listeners, know they can win the Stanley Cup. It's just we need to find the right tools to get there. Um, who knows? Maybe 2023. It will be the year. We will see. <laughs> that would well, that be a lovely way to end the po- end our birth season next year? Shot from the Stanley Cup. Oh, that'd be lovely. But yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much. If you do actually want to get in touch with me during your season, please do. It'd be lovely to hear some of your thoughts. Um I know we didn't have a good job doing it this year, but who knows, maybe next year we can maybe properly give it a good go. The main thing was this season was to set it up uh, and see what we can get. But maybe begin next year we'll try and push on even harder to try and apply. But you know, but I will but I do check my email boxes on all my different email accounts all the time. So if there's anything there I'll look at it and think, oh, we can maybe see, save that for next season. So if you do want to get in touch with us during the off-season with your thoughts, questions or suggestions for t- future Tillport bids, then you can get in touch with us at podcast at I'll give you that address again. That is podcast at We'd love to hear from you. And who knows, we could be reading out your message on the show in the near, to distant future. But, but that's going to be all today. Thank you so much for joining me. Not just for this show, but for all bar our shows this season. It's been the Benford Roller Coaster. And, time, and I will see you for the start of the se- of Season 5, October 2022. So that's when we're going to be back. So, so October 2022, that's when Season 5 will kick off. And it's going to be such an amazing uh, birthday season. Um, so have a lovely summer. Get yourselves well rested. Uh, yeah, so draft will be coming at, uh, It's going to be next month So it's, that's going to be interesting So it's going to be the first draft uh, With no Doug Wilson So that's going to be interesting What moves the can make there um, Under the new leadership um, So yeah, so have a lovely summer And I will see you guys October For the start of our anniversary season 5 But for now For the final time on season 4 All that's left me to say is And so I will leave you Now. You've been listening to Tier Report, the podcast made by a fan for the fans. Don't forget, you can listen to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Just visit our public page at Anchor.ofm to find out where we're distributed. Also, make sure to subscribe to the George Hunt YouTube channel to catch up on all our latest editions of T-Report Vids. And you can now email us your thoughts on all things Niles sharks at T-Report Podcast at gmail.com. t Podcast made by a fan for the fans.